It's the Matt Collins Show. It's the Matt Collins Show. Well, hello, hello. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Can you believe it? Um, th- this, friends, is a very important capital I, capital V, capital I, very important podcast. It's a VIP podcast, <sighs> which is uh, re- redundant, but it, it is a VIP. Um, <laughs> this is episode 20 of the Matt Collick Show. We did it. We did it. We avoided uh, the uh, the dreaded pod fade, as they call it. Uh, we made 20 episodes uh, and this one was one I made together with my sweetie, Annie Sanchez, uh, who will appear later on to uh, talk about the other momentous thing that's that's happening in Matt Colic world. Uh, that's the release of my debut solo album, Microorganism. Yay. Um, so we're here on episode 20 of the Matt Colic Show podcast to talk about um, Microorganism, my album, which I'm finally fucking releasing. Um I announced the release date on episode 19 of the Matt Collick Show. You may have heard that. Um, I said I was going to finish it and uh, have it out on May 14th. And uh, today is May 12th, and I can tell you that the album will be released on May 14th, this Friday, uh, two days from today. I uh, finished mixing it over the weekend. Uh, Today's Wednesday. I finished mixing it over the weekend and uh, stayed up. Until about, uh, I think I uploaded it at uh, like 2.10 a.m. to DistroKid. And there it is. It was out of my hands at that point. Um, since then, I've made it available on Bandcamp.com, uh, where people can purchase it for, uh, pre-order it uh, for $7. And then, boom, they uh, get it when it uh, becomes available on Friday. Uh, midnight or close to midnight in the early morning hours of Friday. May 14th. And then uh, it will also also appear on all the streaming services uh, around the world, actually. Uh, crazy. Uh, on May 14th at midnight, I think, is, is standard. Um, I think on Spotify, it goes by time zone. Um, you can select against that, I found out. Uh, but I, de- I decided to go with it. If it's midnight uh, on Friday, May 14th in your time zone... You can, uh, you will be able to listen to the album "Microorganism" by Matt Colick on Spotify. Uh, hopefully, I think there's still a small chance because I submitted it so close uh, to the release date that it might not actually be available right off the bat. Uh, I got an email from DistroKid saying, like, you know, everything was approved and we've uh, sent it off to the s- streaming services, but I think the streaming services can still maybe decline it or put it in review or something. So whatever, it's going to be submitted to all the streaming services. So it will at least be on like half of them. If nothing else, it will be available for purchase on bandcamp.com. And um, I, I believe I'll have it on my website. I think there's a way to do it. I do have one song uh, right now, giving the game away track three from the album on the website and on Bandcamp. Uh, that one is available for purchase. Um, and I think I can do that with the whole album on my website as well, just like I'm doing with Bandcamp. Uh, but uh, man, there's so much, so much to do. The important thing is that we're here for episode 20 
episode 20 of the podcast. Um, this episode, actually, uh, and, the, and the two after it, after it uh, this trio of episodes, it's a trilogy uh, here uh, on the Matt Collick Show for Microorganism Release Week. We're doing a trilogy of ep- episodes featuring the oral history of the making of microorganism. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, Annie Sanchez is going to be on uh, talking about her role in the making of the album, um, both as my partner and as a contributor. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A contributor to the album Microorganism. Uh, I've talked about Annie before, of course, as my sweetie, as the CEO of Mariposa Strategies. Um, I know a lot of you have clicked on the link on my website that goes to her website, so that's pretty cool. Um, And today you'll get to know her a little more and get to know um, what it was like being my partner during the making of this album. Um, She's also going to add some insight into track one, which is called Everybody Needs To, dot, 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 uh, which is the only way I would ever end anything with a preposition, by the way. Um, uh, yeah, the, the name of this album, album, uh, album, the name of this episode of the Matt Collick show is everybody needs to ascend featuring Annie Sanchez. So that's, um, that's the title of the episode. So, um, yeah, lot, lots of fun stuff is happening. I'm feeling really, really good having this album done. Um, I talked to my therapist earlier today and I think this was like the most like up she has seen me. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, th- things are really good. The vibes are, are really nice and tight and groovy. Um, and uh, I actually feel proud of the album, and I feel like it's really good. You know, for the time there, I thought I was just going to put it out. It was going to be what it was. It probably maybe wasn't going to be very good, but at least I will have put it out, and there it is, and it will only go up from here. Um but yeah, there is all that. But actually, I, I feel like I, it's really good. I'm really proud of it. Um, I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I would have and could have, uh, you know, tweaked some shit, but uh, whatever. Um, it's it's all good. You know, it, it's been said. It's been said um, that you either run out of time or money making an album. Um that's that. Yeah, that's that's the only way you finish an album is by running out of time or money, not by actually feeling satisfied with the the creative process or the how it how it turns out creatively. So I am actually satisfied how it's how it has turned out in in addition to meeting the deadline. So today I'm going to get into the early stages of the making of the album, the first five months from the inception uh, to uh, kind of a a, <laughs> a low point. Uh, to be honest, um, yeah, yeah, a low point. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be talking about the early stages of the album, um, like the first third of the time it took to make the album, roughly. It was conceived on March 14th, 2020, arriving on May 14th, 2021, 14 months, something about the number 14, interesting. Um, before I get into that, um, let's uh, let's just uh, check in. We're we're doing an episode of the podcast. So let's do the normal podcast stuff. What's going on? The uh, the COVID COVID stuff. Um, Annie and I are nearly fully va- vaccinated. Um, actually, tomorrow will be our two weeks since our second Moderna shots. Um, I actually got really really sick for a couple of days. Like I just could not do anything. 
um, after the second shot. For Annie, it wasn't so bad, but yeah, for me, um, man, it really cut into the uh, the, the time and energy I uh, thought I would have available for uh, fi- finishing the album, getting the mix done and getting it mastered and having it ready. Um, but damn, I endured it. Um, it was really fucking weird. Um, it was cool though. I, I, I had a day. I feel like I'll never forget the day after I got the shot, uh, Friday. It was the day the pedal movie came out. It's a, it's a movie about guitar effects pedals that's available online. Uh, you can rent it or own it. You have to pay it right now, pay for it right now. It's not on like any of the streaming services yet. Um, and it's like two and a half hours of deep, deep effects pedal guitar nerd shit. And wow, laying on the couch. Uh, with blankets and like edibles and watching that movie with like no expectation of anything to do. I let it all go. That was very enjoyable, actually, like in spite of the uh, the, the side effects I was experiencing. It was like, man, staying home <laughs> sick and like just getting to watch cartoons. It was that kind of feeling. Um, so that <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, we're, we're vaccinated, man, it feels kind of surreal and weird, but we're glad to be here. Um, we got a new car. Um, Annie's really good at negotiating, um, and particularly for cars. Um, so yeah, oh, we got a new car and we're going to use it to go on at an adventure. There's going to be more on that later. I'll keep you posted. Um, it's some big stuff. Uh, it's all, you know, among other things, it is related to the music and the career and, and what's happening moving forward. So uh, stay tuned. So yeah, just to um, recap before we get into the next segment of our ooh, many, many segments on today's podcast. Nice. This is going to be an epic one, friends. I, I hope you're I hope you're up for that. Um, ooh. Yeah, we're going to make up for lost time. It's been a while. So anyway, recapping. Microorganism coming out May 14th, 2021. Just a couple of days. Finally, this is episode 20 of the podcast. Very exciting to be here. Uh, Microorganism contains seven tracks, two of which feature spoken word performances from Annie Sanchez, my partner, my sweetie. Um, Actually, these tracks Annie contributed to Really, they're the ones that make it an actual album. Um, More on that later. Um, The album is going to be like just under 28 minutes. I think like 2740 something or 2750 something. I I actually don't remember. I should have that memorized. But oh, yeah, crazy. It's an album. It's only like 28 minutes, like average of four minutes per song, though. Um, It's about the same length as Prince's Dirty Mind. Um, an album Annie and I have actually been listening to a lot that like we have on vinyl. Um, we got that recently and um, is on the playlist Music from the Making of Microorganism, which you can find on Spotify. Um, anyway, Prince's Dirty Mind, one of his classic albums, I believe from 1980, uh, contains eight tracks and is about 28 minutes long. So not that this album is anything like Prince's Dirty Mind, but uh, yeah, seven tracks, 28 minutes. That's nice. It's nice and tight. I'd rather have that than a track, uh, an album that's 14 tracks and 56 minutes. Um, not that those albums are bad. Anyway, I'm, <laughs> I'm just responding to all the people's seven tracks. Hmm, 28 minutes? Hmm, that's not much of an album. Um, which uh, those people may only exist in my head. 
uh, as far as I know. Yeah, so um, one of those tracks on my album is the length of two tracks. That is the centerpiece of the album. I'll get into that um, actually a little more today, but mostly in um, episode 21 of the podcast. Uh, Today I'm going to, uh, we're going to basically get into track one. Uh, We're going to do the oral history of kind of the making of the album, the first part of that. Then we're going to talk about track one uh, of the album, which is called Everybody Needs To, featuring Annie Sanchez. And then in episode 21 of the podcast, I'm going to go deep, deep into the next uh, few tracks of the album, two, three, four, five. And then episode 22 of the podcast, I wonder how many times I've uh, messed up and said podcast instead of instead of album, and vice versa today. Um, I feel like it's that kind of day. Oh, man. So episode 22 of the podcast is going to feature uh, me talking about uh, tracks six and seven of Microorganism. And actually, we're going to bring Annie back uh, to talk a little bit about her contribution to uh, track seven. So yeah, that's what's happening this week. Um, The name of the album is Microorganism. Uh, the track list, as it has uh, turned out, is Everybody Needs To, featuring Annie Sanchez. Everybody Needs It, Giving the Game Away. Everybody's Got a Beard of Bees These Days, Undercover All Along, Jump on Top of the World with Me, Everybody Ascends. This episode of the Matt Collick Show is microorganism release week, hyphen, uh, or M dash, or colon. I haven't really decided yet. Everybody needs to ascend, featuring Annie Sanchez. I'm going to take a little break, come back, strap yourselves in. I'm going to be talking a lot about uh, the early, early stages of uh, making this album. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Stay tuned. We're back. Yeah, so here it is. Uh, we're going to get started with the oral history, the making of Microorganism by Matt Colick. It starts on March 14th, 2020. We went to Costco and Trader Joe's to get some supplies. <laughs> and this is that time when we were getting things like toilet paper, and we actually found some, and we got a lot of it. Uh, hand soap. We got a bunch of paper towels. Uh, we could not find hand sanitizer or alcohol. Uh, we were really, really fucking stocking up. Remember that time? Um, we watched the movie Contagion. Remember that? Everybody was watching the movie Contagion. Um, yeah, we watched that movie, the one with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and Matt Damon, among others, uh, Kate Winslet. Um yeah, pretty pretty good movie. Steven Soderbergh, um, obviously the beginnings of the pandemic. Uh, the NBA had just been canceled. Everything had been canceled. Um, I want to read um, the initial entry I have uh, from the notes for the making of the album. This is what I put down kind of as, I don't know if this is the mission statement, but this is sort of like kind of the initial driving set of ideas. Uh, This is what that entry from 3-14-2020 says. It's Pi Day, and the world is freaking out, 
Everything is closing and canceling. Coronavirus is taking over the planet and disrupting everything. So I am going to make a quick, dirty, and stupid EP. Very ween-inspired. I don't care if it's any good. I have selected five songs. Five songs. Everybody needs it. Everybody's got a beard of bees these days. Giving the game away. Inside, outside, side to side. Undercover all along. I may only do four. We'll see. I'm going to keep it to acoustic guitar, electric guitar, bass guitar, drums in the box. Gonna find just one kit and use it for the whole thing. And vocals. Whatever audio I can find, too. Hmm. I want to track it by the end of the week. I can do it. I will do it. Just do it fucking fast. I might call it microorganism. Or maybe I'll go with test patterns like I thought I might do with something like this. But I kind of like microorganism better now. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's how that's how that um, entry goes. Um, that's not the entry from my actual journal. That's the entry I made in uh, what I made that day was my big Evernote like project management uh, pile of notebooks uh, that uh, would help me guide the creation of this album. Um, I also had an actual journal entry that says. I need to do something amazing with music during this quarantine. Just quick and dirty and amazing. I need to practice a lot first. I fucking suck right now. But it will all come back quickly if I can just put in a couple of hours. But then I need to do something amazing. Maybe fast track the album. Just do something. Maybe make an EP of other songs. Make something. Make it cool. Fuck around and do something stupid and make people mad that you release something that sounds like you don't give a fuck and yet it's fucking awesome. Be like early ween. Who cares if it's not licensing worthy? It doesn't matter in all caps and three exclamation points. Um, and, and I should say, <clears throat> excuse me, this journal entry was something I wrote uh, like earlier in the day before I wrote that previous thing I read. So, wow. Yeah, that was really in my head that day. Uh, from the next day, I wrote in my um, journal, my actual journal, the one I share with no one. I wrote, I've decided that I'm going to do a quick, dirty, no fucks given EP during this time. I'm going to call it microorganism, but that is subject to change. It's going to be a big surprise. I want to finish tracking, editing, and mixing by this time next week. And then I'll master it, and then I'll put it out and make sure it's on my website so I can sell it and make some motherfucking money. Yeah. Hmm. So <laughs> that's the, the next day, and that was on my mind. It's going to be an EP. I feel pretty confident I'm going to, going to call it Microorganism. In fact, I've uh, actually like stylized the, the type of it with lowercase, all lowercase letters. Um. Yeah, so that, that's interesting. I made the album cover, um, and this is just me now talking. I'm not reading anything. <laughs> I'm not reading journal entries. I'm, I'm going by notes, of course. This is how the Matt Collick show works. This is how the sausage is made. I've seen how that happens. I'm giving the game away. Yeah. I made the album cover back on March 14th. Um, I took the selfie that night by the fire. Annie and I were sitting around the fire outside, and uh, I had my hoodie on. Um, and I did it by like holding the, the iPhone still and then shaking my head back and forth. 
Um, then I took the, the, the picture and I took multiple shots and this was just the one I chose. Um, and that's, that's how my face looked in that, that picture in that night with, uh, the fire kind of illuminating my face. Um, and then I did some editing in Photoshop, uh, Photoshop express. And then, um, yeah, and then I did a couple iterations of the text on the cover with my name and the album title. Um, that happened over the next couple of months, but the basic sort of like concept of that of that cover and the the photograph, the way it looks now, uh, that was that night, the night of uh, the conceptualization of the album, the inception of the album. Um, I took that picture and I fucked with it and made that image, and there it is. Wow. Um, yeah, the tweaks happened later to the kind of the typeface and how that that looks. And then that just kind of sat there for a while um, until I brought it out of, <laughs> I downloaded it from Canva sun, Sunday night, realizing, oh yeah, the cover, that thing I made a long time ago. Um, yeah. So interesting that I was uh, so bald and, as Annie says, so slippery back then. Um It'd be interesting to recreate that cover image now if I can, since I have sort of this big bushy beard and like I haven't cut my hair since probably a week before that that night. Um, yeah, we'll see. Ah, oh, yeah, the Biden Sanders debate happened on March fifteenth um, of twenty twenty. Jeez, that was a thing that happened. Um, I mentioned in my journal around that time that I think it would be cool to watch Mad Men again. Oh, that's something we definitely did. Um, yeah, we, um, I, I, Annie and I were, man, at this time we were already like getting pissed at people a little bit for like treating life as normal and going out and about and like, um, like not taking the pandemic seriously, which is sort of a theme of how the pandemic continued. Like, I feel like we were really super fucking good about wearing our masks later on when that became, when it became clear that that was the right thing to do, all that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> already I was writing in my journal, all oh, these fucking people. Um, yeah. How about it? How about it for us? Um, and you know what? We're right. We're right. These fucking people. Um, but God bless us all for, for getting through it. And, um, we're so sorry for the ones we lost. Um, Yeah. And interesting, interestingly, at that time, we didn't know about masks and like how that would be so important at stopping the spread of the virus. Yeah. Around this time, um, it became clear that listening to live albums was pretty healing. Man, I listened to so much live music. I got into listening to Dick's Picks, the <laughs> the Grateful Dead uh, series of they initially came out of, out in out on CD, but now, of course, everything's available on streaming. Um, it's concerts that were um, curated by the um, late, great Dick Latvala of the uh, Grateful Dead family and crew. Um, that's why it's called Dick Dick's Picks. I think it was, uh, it's later been, um, I'm not sure where the cutoff happened, but Dick passed away. And then David Lemieux, the uh, current sort of curator of the, the Grateful Dead musical legacy and caretaker, rather, I suppose is, is a better way of, of, of putting it, of the Grateful Dead musical legacy. Um, he started curating the Dick's Picks series. So I started listening to that. I started listening to a lot of Fish. Um, I started listening to there's the, there these great Bjork albums that uh, like she made um, – 
as she did uh, album versions or live album versions of albums she had already recorded. Um, I really enjoy the debut version of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that that was man. That was a fun time. Those early days, uh, everything was so fresh and new, and all these possibilities. And I was gonna like end up with two albums out that year. Holy shit. Microorganism, as I, I mentioned earlier in that surprise, in that in that journal entry, was initially meant to be a surprise. Um, I was just going to put it out and, hey, guess what? There's an album out there. Um, man, that sure changed. So yeah, the uh, initial track list that I came up with is Everybody Needs It, 90 beats per minute. It ended up being um, 111, 111 beats per minute. So I sped that up. Uh, everybody's got a beard of bees these days. Um, initially, I put that at 81 beats per minute. Interesting. I wonder, I don't remember how I thought it was going to go at that tempo. That's interesting. Um, it ended up being 54. Pretty slow, pretty slow. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, I think it's the appropriate tempo for that song. Uh, giving the game away, 93 beats per minute. Stayed there. Inside, outside, side to side. No longer on the album. No longer on the album. Uh, I'm not sure what beats per minute I uh, <laughs> I wanted that one to be. Um, yeah. Next track, Undercover All Along. That was the other song I decided uh, I wanted on the album. 87 beats per minute. That one stayed the same. Yeah. Next... We get into April of 2020. I noticed in my journal, I write, I am taking more time with this on April 3rd. Um, at this point, the track list changed. Um, everybody's got a beard of bees these days, down to 54 from 81. Uh, giving the game away, undercover all along. Then I decided I needed to do a prelude to Everybody Needs It. This was just going to be guitar fuck-arounds, um, basically. Um, it was originally titled, Everybody's Going to Have to Trust That Laughter is in the Offing. Offing. Excuse me. Let me say that again. Everybody's Going to Have to Trust That Laughter is in the Offing. Yeah. Then the next track, Everybody Needs It. The next track, Jump on Top of the World with Me. This was added. This was not in the original conception of the album. Um, I added it uh, uh, thinking it would be at 42 beats per minute. I bumped it up a little and uh, ultimately to 45 beats per minute. Um, I also decided at this point to leave uh, Inside Outside Side to Side off the album and use it as a lead-up single uh, rather than an album track. It, uh, of course, just does not fit with the rest of the tracks on the album if you've ever heard me play it or seen me seen the song online or heard it online or anything. Um in, in fact, that song is all recorded. Um, I may need to redo the bass line, but everything else is done. I just need to mix it and put it out. Um, we, we got that one done quickly. Annie actually contributed to that song as well um, with some hand claps and foot stomps. Um, at some point, I'm going to mix that song and put it out. Uh, so watch out for that. But uh, today we're not talking about inside, outside, side to side anymore because it is no longer on the album as, as of April 4th, 2020. Um, I will put it out actually, uh, because the, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner and, um, be good to kind of like just have fun with one song and put it out there. And like, maybe I can recapture this in that initial spirit of the album that I talked about in those early journal entries. Yeah. 
At this point, I had not decided to make those supplemental tracks the bookend tracks, um, nor had I thought to include Annie. Um, around this time, I was learning how to use Studio One, the DAW I use, the digital digital audio workstation I use. Um, at first, I was actually going to do the album in GarageBand. I did, in fact, start recording parts of giving the game away um, in GarageBand. But then I realized, ah, eh, pretty quickly, it would like after a day, uh, it would not be powerful enough for what I wanted to do. Um, this was one of the first things, looking back, that extended the time frame of the album's creation and the uh, the seriousness that went into making it. All the excitement. Um, Associated with getting back into recording music, being a producer, knowing how to engineer. Uh, this was a lot of fun around this time. I got myself up to speed uh, pretty quickly, actually. It seemed, um, you know, as far as like the recording process, the tracking process. Um, giving the game away was really the first to start uh, coming together nicely with, uh, you know, the first things with the drums and the bass programming, or rather the drum programming and the, and the bass, which I, I played on an actual um, analog instrument, <laughs> a bass guitar. Um, I remember thinking, yeah, this might actually be good. Um, a lot of undercover, under, uh, excuse me, undercover all along was getting done around this time too. And that one uh, was really impressive too. Um, at this point, I was still trying to get tracking done in like a week. Woo. Um, and I have to admit with those, you know, those songs, the album wasn't as, as big in scope as it ended up being. That eh, wasn't the, you know, and where I was at in my head at that time, that, you know, it seemed reasonable. Um, actually, around this time, I um, became aware of the whole seven songs equals an album thing. Um, in fact, it was, I learned that it's either seven songs or 30 minutes It's and or 30 minutes. Um, of course, my album ends up being seven songs and about 28 minutes, just under 28 minutes. Um, and at the, at, at the beginning, I was more concerned with creating that extra few minutes. Um, I, I was, I wanted to, to do it across two songs ultimately, but I still hadn't like thought of it in terms of like like composing anything or certainly having anybody else contribute uh, to the creation of those songs. It's really interesting. Um, in the middle of the month, um, day job concerns were definitely present. Um, man, I had to write this book, ghost write a book for a client uh, who I had already written some stuff for. Um but stuff was looming and uh, I was getting away of my feeling groovy and being able to, um, to be creative and, and, and power through the making of this album. Um, more on that later. Uh, we were doing zoom dance parties with the family. Wow. Um, we were watching four to six, if not more. <laughs> yeah, that might be an exaggeration, like between one and six episodes of Mad Men every night, uh, like really, really, truly binging that show, uh, which was uh, honestly as, as fun as that was. And God, I will never forget that time. I, I hold it dearly in my heart. Um, it was not helping with the album making process, staying up and watching hours of Mad Men every night, but it was going off of Netflix in like, <laughs> in like a couple of months and we had to get through the whole thing. Um, I, I think it ended up going off on June 10th or something. I, I think I have that noted later. We'll, we'll, we might get into that. Um, let's see. In um, 
in late March, actually, before a lot of this, is when I started focusing on the 420 release date. So early April, I was like still kind of thinking, ooh, I can hit that 420 release date. Um, I started doing some Instagram lives and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, Insta- Instagram lives and stuff like that. Actually, um, I, I, this is, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of this is still March. I said it, I said it was April, but, um, yeah, th- this is all like still March. Yeah. We're talking like the, um, sort of like end of March, beginning of April, that era of the pandemic. Um, yeah. Um, the, the dance parties, the, um, the release date of 420, um, day job concerns, the stew of like different kind of stuff, the madman entering our lives. Um, and, and it sort of became the pandemic lifestyle, as I'm sure a lot of you will, will remember. Um, there was an interesting event that happened on, on, uh, March the 26th, um, I was walking through the woods. I had started going on these really, really long-ass walks through the woods near our, our house in Albuquerque, um, near the river, and I noticed this crane waddling around. Um, I was like, huh, that's interesting. And it was just kind of walking ahead on the trail in front of me, and I thought, oh, that's that's kind of cool. It's like like this animal, and it wants me to follow it around. Oh, cool. But then I thought, oh, no, there's there's something wrong with this poor animal, and then so I started becoming concerned and kind of following it. But then after a while, I realized, oh, no, it thinks I'm fucking chasing it. Um, it was a weird thing. And it eventually wandered into the water of the Rio, uh, of the Rio Grande River. And um, I thought, oh, fuck. Um, and then it, then it kind of waddled onto like a sort of a sandbar, an exposed piece of sand where there was no current to, to catch it. Um, and then uh, it, like, it like tried to take off, but it like fumbled and it, was, it did this really ungraceful fall into the river and uh, it eventually got itself back up. And I thought, oh my God, what have I done? And it, it was able to wander back from the river into, onto shore and into the woods and I thought, oh, Jesus, I, I don't know what to do. This is awful. Um, I, I felt so terrible. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast or, or anywhere like sort of publicly before. Um, it was awful. I felt so terrible. Like I, I, this animal was just kind of minding its own business and like, you know, waddling around and like something had happened and it was something wasn't quite quite right and like I was like oh look at this cool animal it wants to be friends with me and then I ended up like fucking it up even more Ugh, I felt so terrible um so anyway I I noted I, I saw I verified that it had gotten up back to shore into the woods and to a resting place where it was just chilling out um and then I decided, fuck, I just, I just have to go home. I can't like fuck with this situation any, any longer. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, but I know Annie will know what to do or we will be able to together figure it out. Um, I'm happy to say we did figure it out. We did figure it out. Um, we called, or Annie, I should say, <laughs> called around. I didn't call anybody. <laughs> Annie, Annie called around, Annie called around and, uh, she got a hold of some friends of ours, one of whom is um, an animal rescue person. Um, they said, well, 
I don't know. If you go down there the next day, tomorrow, um, the crane might actually be exactly where Matt saw them when when he left them. Um, and I was like, no, it's not. It's not going to be in the same spot. So um, he was talking about possibly coming and, and helping us, but ultimately he, he could not. But just by talking to us on the phone, he, he did. Um, anyway, Annie and I actually went down to the spot the next day and we walked around and the crane was not in the exact same spot, but holy shit, we found the fucking crane. And through research Annie had done, uh, we were able to find the appropriate people to call to, uh, uh, from the department of uh, the New Mexico, um, wildlife, uh, fishing game or whatever it's called department, um, state, state parks, whatever. Um, I, I, I wish I knew what it was all called. I think the gentleman's name was Tyler, who we got a hold of, and he came down there. Uh, if, uh, interestingly, there was a spot on the trail that was accessible by, with his truck, um, and again, this is all pandemic and we don't really know how to be around each other. Like staffs have been cut from all the like government services and departments. And like it was kind of amazing, a miracle that Tyler was able to get out there, uh, let alone get out there with his truck. Um, and we were able to kind of corner the crane and um, <laughs> and we had this big cage out there. And we were able to kind of triangulate me and Tyler. There was another hiker on the trailer who on the trail who just kind of passed by, and sort of like assisted, kind of got the sense of what we were up to. And of course, Annie was assisting and like filming and helping out too. Um, and we were able to corner it. Tyler actually had a technique and the proper equipment and tools to uh, to use the technique. Um, to get the crane into a bag humanely and then get it into uh, the, the the cage so we could lift it up into this, this big fucking heavy cage that, thank goodness, he was able to drive the truck out there. We were able to lift it up and get it into the back of that truck and have him drive off with the crane, uh, like a little, like feeling like not, not so great, like fuck you, but knowing that it was going to be taken to the right place to be uh, nursed back to health. Um, we, we never did follow up on the crane. Um, I wonder what would happen if we, if we called, I, I kind of don't want to know now. I, I just want to think that everything turned out perfectly with the crane, uh, the unnamed crane. <laughs> wow. That, that was, um, damn, that was a really, that was a really crazy thing that happened. There was a lot of concern around that time around having enough cannabis. For me, a lot of people were feeling this. A lot of the dispensaries were kind of selling out. And there was like, are 420 sales going to happen? Or is there going to be any cannabis available on 420? Um, so I was going out to the dispensaries and really, really stocking up. Um, again, this is this is March. Uh, again, and kind of time frame of, of March. Um on 3.30, I purchased my first effects pedal from Byron, byronamplification.com. It's the bow drive pedal. Uh, this began a journey of leveling up my electric guitar game. Um, this, of course, delayed the album even further, um, but naturally it made it uh, so much better as well. Like if I didn't have all the pedals I, didn't, I ended up having, uh, starting with the bow drive from Byron, um, it would have been a different album, and it would have been not as cool an album. Um, yeah. I need to start making major progress. 
That's a quote from my journal. Um, that that and a theme from sort of the end of March, beginning of April. Yeah. So from uh, April fifth in my journal. I'm feeling a little pressure for the 420 release of this album. I'm afraid of putting it out quickly at the expense of making sure it's good. I will not be driven by that fear. I will make the album I'm meant to make and put it out when it's ready, whether it's 420 or not. After all, it's 420 all month, so there's that. I am still on track. If I have a good day today, which I will. Wow. <laughs> what an interesting journal interest and entry. I'm um like I'm talking about, you know what? It's fine. It'll come out when it's ready. I don't need to focus on this release date, which I think was the right attitude to have. And yet <clears throat> there's the comment that it's 420 all month, which <laughs> man, you're only giving yourself like another 10 days. Um that's yeah. Obviously that didn't happen. Around this time, I still did not have a podcast. Wow, the Matt Collick show still wasn't out there. Um, I don't I don't think. Um, around the second week of April, I started to get serious about it, which uh, actually over... No, I didn't have the podcast at that time because around the second week of April, I started to get serious about recording the podcast and putting it out there. Um, I already had some interviews, um, and that overtook the album and put it on the back burner. The rationale around that time being... Well, it makes sense to have the podcast first so I can talk about the album and get people interested in it, right? And, like, hard to argue with. Here we are, me on the podcast, episode 20 of the podcast I really started working on in the beginning of April um, 2020. Man. Crazy times. Um, so anyway, I, I really started working hard on the podcast and doing all the stuff that that made it launch and got it out there to the world and that got you on board as, as a person who is interested in me. Um, from April 7th of the journal, I've also been, uh, quote, I've also been thinking about ways of having Annie be a contributor beyond clapping and snapping and stomping and stuff. Maybe she can write something to say. Maybe, uh, no, maybe she can write something to say. Something light for the one before everybody needs it. Something darker for after jump on top of the world with me. She could write and recite. Be a big part of the thing. Be a co-writer and co-contributor. Get some publishing. All that. We'll see. Huh. This is also when I decide to use Lander for mastering. Hmm. That is how I mastered it. Uh, Tiger King started getting really hot on Netflix around this time. Um, I gave Annie her assignment on April 8th. I started thinking about um, a 424 release instead of 420. So the Friday after 420 being, you know, Friday is the traditional day for albums, album releases. On April 10th, I released the theme for the Matt Collick show as a single on all the platforms. So that was actually my first single, single the first, the kind of the test run for me putting out music on the platforms and through DistroKid as my distributor. Damn. Around this time, I um, I started becoming concerned with doing the Tiny Desk Contest. Jeez, another thing <laughs> to get in the way of making the album. Oh, jeez. How can I make sure I have the album out at the same time as the video is ready and all that? So I was like trying to align the album with like the making or the, the release of the video for my Tiny Desk Contest entry. Jesus. <clears throat> 
Man, I need a sip of water. Hang on. Um, this is also around the time masks started becoming a thing. Uh, crazy as a time when it was seen as just whatever to wear a mask. Um, I upgraded to Studio One Professional in mid-April. Um, Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple came out around this time too, huh? Um, by the end of April, I was focused on the podcast, Mad Men, and the Tiny Desk contest entry. The album was kind of getting backburnered at this time. I was also thinking of all the ways I could make it better, though, particularly with guitar parts. Guitar starts bubbling up more and more um, as a thing that is important and is a priority in my life. <clears throat> I started uh, also around this time getting more jumpsuits, committing to the beard and the hair, uh, really kind of avoiding the album and doing everything but working on it. Uh, I rearranged the studio space all together entirely. Like I, I just turned everything around 180 degrees, basically. I thought it was the right thing to do. I, I think it was the right thing to do, but like I took a whole day to do it and didn't work on the album that day. Um, let's see what else. Hmm. In the first week of May, things kind of took a turn. Um, I was past the 420-424 release date. Um, the podcast was much more of a thing. Um, I realized I would have to prioritize the day job stuff too, writing that fucking book. Um, I also had a few big breakdowns that I had to work through. Um, it's interesting how going through my journal earlier, there were some sort of pre-shocks to the the big, big trauma stuff I had to deal with later in the year. Um, yeah, yeah. Annie and I went through a little patch here, which was, um, it was necessary to ensure our relationship stayed on the right track. Um, we had to kind of correct and acknowledge lots of past stuff. Like we found ourselves in this house constantly together, having to like really, all right, we need to work through this shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and I, I feel like we have, like, obviously every, every relationship requires, requires like growth and, and nurturing and maintenance and, and giving and taking and, 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 and everything else. But man, we are so much better, better than, than we used to be. Um, not that we were bad ever before. Like we're, we're a really good partnership. You'll, you'll hear that later in the segment with Annie. Um, Reckoning with that stuff, moving forward, um, we're so much better and stronger now. Um, little, little Richard died. Little Richard died. Damn, that was so sad. Um, I have to be honest, when he died, I thought he had already been dead. Um, so that, that, that was, that was kind of shitty, but nevertheless, I remember that being a, a sad day, just like listening to his music and regarding his in, in, tremendous, tremendous impact on, on music, on culture. Um, like if no little Richard, there's no, like everything is different. If there's no little Richard, um, we were doing lots of puzzles at that time. Um, really we were focused, I was focused on the podcast and doing the day job stuff. Um, that was really just what was front and center on my mind. Um, the album is just kind of sitting there, uh, from mid to late May, 
of 2020. Uh, by the beginning of June 2020, the focus is really on guitar stuff. Like when I'm not doing day job stuff, when I'm not like trying to do the podcast, I'm like really, really like like obsessed with guitar stuff. <laughs> I'm watching rig rundowns endlessly. Um, yeah, that was interesting. And then the end of May, beginning of June, the world's, um, you know, things took a shift again. George Floyd was murdered. Um, I was also um, getting heavy into the writing of the book. Uh, there was the heck going on, the, 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 um, the, the ghost-written book I was doing for my client in the day job. Um, things, th- things were heavy and I was, I was wondering how I needed to be to, um, to, um, to reckon with the times and to considering all this stuff I want to do, how I want to do it. Uh, so I really pushed pause on a lot of stuff in the summer of 2020, just because I had that day job shit. I knew I needed to get done so I could focus on what I knew I needed to get done if that makes sense. Um, but also being a, a white man in the world I had, and a, a white man who wants to be someone who gets a lot of attention for the stuff I make, what does that all mean? What does that all mean? And um, how, how can I be the best person I can be? How, how, how can I change the world in a way that's more just? Um, for, for black and brown people everywhere. Um, it's super important to me. If you've listened to the podcast, you, you know, that's super important to me. Um, yeah. So that, that's kind of how things were at this time, at that time. Um, by the second week of June, I was not focused on the album at all. Um, I was working on that book. Annie and I were actually house hunting, but by, um, on June 12th, we put in an offer on a house in the North Valley of Albuquerque. Um, crazy times, crazy to think that that was all happening at that time during the pandemic, during when Annie's business was 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 morphing into the the powerhouse it is now, and when I was like ostensibly trying to put an album together. Um, there was also a mouse in our current house at that time, which is when we started thinking, should we get a cat? Um, at that time I was also putting the Matito caster together, my guitar. Um, you can, you can listen to me in the moment. Interesting. Uh, just to to pause on the oral history of microorganism. You can listen to me on previous episodes of the Matt Colick show podcast in the moment at this time, at these times talking about this stuff. I know I talked a lot about, um, the guitar, the Matito caster, um, the pedal board, the pedals, all the stuff. Um, I got my amplifier, the Trainer YCV50 Blue, a, a, a duplicate, not the same one, but the, the same model uh, of, an, of an amp I owned back in like 2008 to 2010. I bought one of those again from a guy in Colorado off of uh, Reverb.com. I got that on June 18th. Um, a tsunami of guitar pedals started arriving shortly thereafter. Um, I was rolling and smoking lots of joints. Um, God blessedly, I finished writing that goddamn book on July 3rd. Happy birthday, Aaron Armstrong. Uh, with sore hands and wrists from all the guitar stuff and all the fucking book writing. 
Uh, just and all the anxiety and tension I was holding in my body. I didn't know if I could uh, push through, but I fucking did it. Wow. Um, I got the pickups for the guitar at this time, too. Um, so that was pretty cool. I got the uh, Fishman Fluence guitar pickups, which since which were used to create the album. All the guitar parts on elect or all the electric guitar parts, I should say, were used. Uh, were done with the Matito caster with the Fishman Fluence electric guitar pickups installed in them. Um, another major breakdown for me happened in the beginning of July. Um, on July fourth, Independence Day, it was a three on my twenty point scale. I like it to be around like 10 to 12. And if it goes below five, that's that's a big problem. Same as if it goes up above 15, but that hasn't happened in a while. It's a problem if it goes below five and like I need I need things to be different. I need help. I need. Yeah, Um, that was a three. The same of the next day. That was also a three on my 20 point emotion energy scale. Damn. Um, I ended up deactivating all my social media accounts. I was unsure if I should uh, actually get back on them at all. Um, so finishing an album, promoting an album, doing anything associated with an album, that was pretty far from my mind or list of priorities. I just wanted to, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was really sad. Um, thankfully, by July 8th, man, I've come so far with dealing with this stuff. I had... Um, kind of work through that breakdown. Um, on that day, I had a phone call with my mom where she told me she was going to uh, go on her trip to the Midwest from Arizona. And we got into it. We got heated. Um, it got it got kind of shitty. Um, but I convinced her not to go on that trip, which I stand by as the right thing to do. Her traveling around the country in the height, the height of the pandemic and the spread of the pandemic, going around to visit friends in the Midwest, taking, going from Arizona to the Midwest and spreading potentially the virus around, um, whether she had it or not. Um, Jesus. Um, I was proud of myself for doing that. And I think she was proud of me, too. I think she was proud of me, too. Um. A few days later, on July 11th, happy birthday, Andy Poquette, on July 11th, I met John Dietrich from the band Deerhoof. What? How did that happen? Um, I was still, (laughs) breakdowns notwithstanding, I was still super into guitar stuff and acquiring guitar gear at that time. Um, He had posted a bunch of stuff on Craigslist, um, stuff he was selling from his home studio and and all that. Um, I got a pedal board from him. um, a pedal train, uh, I don't classic junior or something like that. Um, <laughs> I got a pedal board and power supply, the uh, Voodoo Lab uh, Pedal Power Two Plus or whatever it's called. Classic Mac Colic quote. Um, I got that from John Dietrich from Deerhoof. Um, we had a nice chat in the uh, in the parking lot of a Chili's restaurant in Albuquerque. Uh, near the airport, uh, where we talked about uh, music and gear. It was super fucking hot that day. We both had our masks on. Um, this is when I found out, uh, we we found out together that uh, he noticed I had a 608 area code from my phone, um, and which he recognized because he also lived uh, in Wisconsin. Um, 
He, in fact, not only lived in Wisconsin, he has lived in Bancroft, Wisconsin, population like 200. It's the little, little farm town I grew up in next to the highway. Uh, He also lived in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, about 20 miles up the road from Bancroft, where I uh, eventually moved after moving out of my parents' house. And now he lives in Albuquerque. He is a person who happens to be the one of the guitar players for one of my all-time most beloved music groups of all time, Deerhoof. And we have lived in three of the same t- towns at probably close to the same time uh, for a lot of it um, over the years. Holy shit. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> so I met John Dietrich from Deerhoof and got the pedal board I used to put all the pedals on that I bought during the summer that ended up being the uh, the uh, signal processing for the guitar sounds, electric guitar sounds on the album, Microorganism. Fun stuff. July 15th, we decided to put the house hunt on hold, which was, uh, got to be honest, a big relief for me. Um, and I think Annie will agree it's probably a big relief for her too now. Um. July 20th, in my journal, I write, I am going pedal crazy. On July 31st, I had a long talk with Byron, getting deeper and deeper into the guitar stuff. Um, I bought a uh, Byron Amplification Dark Arts Drive pedal, which ended up uh, providing a ton of the guitar tone on the album. I love that pedal. Um, By the end of July 2020, I had really only just begun the album. I had recorded a lot of it and, well, not a lot of it, a little of it, enough to like feel good about it, but yet there was so much going on, so much that it was easy for me to prioritize over the making of the album. Um, And to be honest, most of what I had gotten done at that point uh, was from the initial surge in March and April, kind of that March 14th to March, or rather April 3, 4, that, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so that's that's the making of microorganism up until um, the sort of uh, end of end of July, uh, beginning of August. Well, actually just the end of July. That's, that's, that's all I'm going to talk about today. Um, on the next episode, um, stay tuned for the next, for the rest of the story. I'm going to talk about the next five months in the making of the album. So that covers August, September, October, November, and December. Um, huge, huge fucking times in the making of the album. There was like definitely another surge or two, uh, for the creation of, of 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 what became microorganism, and boy, there was a lot of stuff happening in in my life and and our lives around here, our house. Um, spoiler alert: August is when um, I got my K. In one week in August, I got my K acoustic guitar, which is now my God. I love that instrument. Um, I, I I love that thing so much. Um, and it ended up being on a lot of the album. That's also in August of uh, this this past year, or rather of 2020, we got our kitty, Montequia. And that same week, the same week I got that guitar and we got Montequia, I broke my fucking toe, <laughs> which will be a fun story to tell in the next episode of the podcast. Um, so stay tuned to that. Episode 22 of the podcast will be available, hopefully, close to right after you get done listening to this one, uh, at most a day after you get done listening to this one. 
Um, stay tuned to the rest of the story, friends. I'm going to take a little break, and then I'm going to come back, back to the future, future to the back, uh, with the aforementioned interview with the aforementioned Annie Sanchez. Um, so yeah, again, this episode is called Everybody Needs to Ascend, featuring Annie Sanchez. Um, it's Microorganism Release Week here on the Matt Collick Show. I'm really happy to have you here. Um, I'm going to take a little break. We're going to come right back to um, get our, get to our interview with Annie Sanchez. And uh, you guys are going to love it. You're going to love her. She's my sweetie. And um, she's going to tell you all about herself and all about um, her contributions to the album and um, what it was like, you know, from her perspective, uh, making the album. Yeah, good times, good times. Uh, we're going to come right back with that. Stay tuned. Okay. So yes. Um, we have Annie Sanchez here on the Matt Collick Show. <laughs> Annie Sanchez, welcome. I wanted to have you on, on the show today because this is Microorganism Album Release Week, and no one knows more about the story of microorganism uh, other than me besides you. And so with that being said, I want to ask you the question I ask all my guests on the Matt Collick Show. What have you been noticing lately? Hmm. <laughs> been noticing the weather changing, more warmth in the air, more warmth in our home. Mm. There's more sunshine coming in the windows. I've been noticing a shift in my own energy. I've been noticing a shift in my partner's energy. Mm. Oh, or your energy. Mm-hmm. You're my partner. Um, yeah, I'm noticing like a a different like growth and in, in inspiration mm-hmm. sprouting is very palpable. Mm. That's good. I like that. That's the best answer I've received to that question. Um, so yeah, I, I, I finished my album, Microorganism, my solo de- debut album, and um, I uploaded it to the distributor uh, last yesterday at 2 a.m. It'll be out on Friday. And... Um, you, you, I've, I've mentioned you on the podcast before. People know you as my sweetie, my partner, as the CEO of Mariposa Strategies. Um, what, what do you have to say for yourself in your relationship with me and your experience of, of this album? I, I just want to kind of let you go and offer your take. I'm going to be talking a lot about this myself. So, what is your my experience with the album? Your making thereof, and mm-hmm. well. Okay. <laughs> Given pe- people know you as my sweetie and my partner and CEO of Miracle yes. Strategies, what, what else are you all about? What am I about and what have I been noticing? Well, <clears throat> so yes, so I am the CEO of Mariposa Strategies, which of course is, for anybody who follows me, knows me, maybe you've talked about it, mm-hmm. I, I am a coach, I am a strategist, I... Clarity is my word. I trademarked clarity. Um, I think that really is important to share because it says a lot about who I am, about my Capricorn moon and all of the spreadsheet, Venn diagram, Gantt chart thinking that I do. Um, I am very, very process oriented. 
And I'm also very watery. I'm a Pisces sun. Mm. I'm a cancer rising. It's always like, it feels very sloshy and watery mm. in my mind. And I often feel like waves of like butterflies and excitement and anxiety often in my belly. And then the way that what I do gets put out into the world, the way that I operate in the world through my work, in my relationships with mm -hmm. you, with my people, my, our chosen family, my friends, my clients is, is very like, it, it comes out really structured. And I think that's a thing that a lot of people see about me. They see that I'm, that I need a lot of order. I need a lot of structure, mm -hmm. but it's because I'm a really watery, sloshy mm -hmm. person. And if you pour a cup of water onto the table, there's no way to get all the water back into mm -hmm. the cup. Yes. And so as best I can, I want to like push the water into the crevices so that it mm -hmm. like funnels in the direction that I want it to go. And so when I think about the making of microorganism, mm -hmm. as I've been running my business about 50% of the time from this house, mm -hmm. used to be in this very room that we sit in, our second, right. our second room, I have been no I've noticed my like I'm I'm both super inspired and excited about what you've created. And mm -hmm. I've been watching it over the last 14 months mm -hmm. yes and the capricorn moon in me is like all right how can i help you put this thing like let's get this let's project mm -hmm. manage this thing like how do we get this out and i know to, and i know in my watery fish heart mm -hmm. that like it's been this is your journey this is your project and the best thing that i can do utilizing all of my gifts, my talents, my strengths mm -hmm. is to actually reel them in. And it's been important to, for me to allow you to develop this album, to make this album in all the ways that are you, uniquely you, because even though I like things to be structured and ordered and I want to see the progress bar move, like you... I know in you because of my detail orientation, my need for structure, mm -hmm. even though you're not necessarily, you don't operate in that same way, you are hyper detailed in everything that you do. Thing, things don't get past you. Mm -hmm. So it's been a really beautiful thing for me to observe you doing the thing that you do best mm -hmm. for the first time in our relationship. Mm -hmm. It's been an amazing kind of personal challenge growth edge that I've bumped up against mm -hmm. many times as you know yeah. in like letting you do it your way not needing to you know needing to mm -hmm. honor your your process sure. yes <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. well that's um it it's it must it, can you talk a little bit <clears throat> excuse me, more about what you do as a coach and what that actually breaks down and what that looks like when you when you are working with a person and how that, the things that work there maybe didn't really apply to this situation with making this album in terms of your ability to encourage me to to do things a certain way that you could see would be helpful for me. Uh-huh. Yes. It's, I'm laughing because like you happened to walk in on me this morning as I was finishing up a coaching call, mm -hmm. which I normally don't do at home, but I did today. And like, I am a solutions finder. I am a solutions person. I need solutions. I find solutions. The solutions find me. And so as my work, what makes me, 
Well, so backing up a little. Mm -hmm. So you and I have been together for almost five years. Mm -hmm. We entered each other's lives in June of 2016. Amazing. Although, Frank, we were probably messaging each other in May. Yeah, I so think it's been that's right. five years at this point. Mm-hmm. My longest relationship ever. We're a Tinder couple. We are a Tinder couple. Remember Timber, Tinder? <laughs> um, and I was in a totally different role in life than it feels like multiple lifetimes ago already. Mm-hmm. And what I what I do with in Mariposa strategies, what I do as a coach, what I do as a strategist is always evolving because I'm. I, also, my Pisces is in my ninth house. Like mm-hmm. I'm always striving to be the best version of myself that I can be. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, well, I'm a process oriented motherfucker. I need spreadsheets and charts. Mm-hmm. Like I need to know that what I'm doing is not just about checking boxes off, which is something I've learned over the years. I mm-hmm. need to check boxes off, but I also need there to be a different, like a motivation that's greater than that. I need there to be a like a spiritual, philosophical world bettering purpose behind the stuff Mm -hmm. that I do. And so when you and I started going out with each other five years ago, I was in a completely different role that a lot of my people know, my followers on social media, my people on my email list, my world. I was in the nonprofit world, overwhelmed, depleted, not in a good situation. And where I am now in my work and how it's been relevant, I think, in our house and the making of the album, I am... As I'm constantly striving to be the best version of myself as possible, the best me I can be, something that you asked me early on, what's the Mm -hmm. most Annie you can be right now? Like I think about that all Mm. the time, literally almost daily. Mm. I am always trying to be the best Annie I can be, which means how can I honor where my needs are, mm-hmm. where our needs are as a family, where the needs of my business are, where the needs of my clients are. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, what about your needs? <laughs> what about your mm-hmm. personal needs? What about your professional needs? Like there, we approach personal and professional differently. But I think what makes us a really amazing couple and what has made it the longest relationship in my life mm-hmm. is that like we both see each other mm-hmm. wholly, yes. completely, even when my instinct is to come up with solutions mm-hmm. and like, oh, we could finesse this. We could refine that. If you were to like, you could do this and like jump over that step and like, come on, let's put a project plan together. Mm-hmm. That's not how you operate, but you still produce super high quality work. Like you're probably the only person that I would ever trust to truly copy edit Mm. something for me or review and like, am I getting my point across? Does this really capture who I am? Mm -hmm. And I know that my work is, it's making me emotional, Mm. um, is in allowing all of the best you to always shine through. And Mm. I don't need to, I don't need to perfect you. I don't need to polish you. I don't need to, project manage you mm-hmm. well. <laughs> that's all that being said sweetie it is um without your influence and without those attributes that you bring i i don't know if i would have been able to finish that i uh, finished the album i think um just your your influence and your approach to things has rubbed off on me in a, in a positive way where it's been like just enough structure and like project management sort of sort of stuff to to get me actually across the finish line, this album is really the first 
thing I've ever made that is actually finished that I'm actually presenting to the world um, as a finished product. There's some music I made like 15 years ago, 17 years ago now, um, back when I lived in Wisconsin that I never really finished. It just, I just kind of stopped working on it and like, I kind of shared it with people, but like having an actual finished product, having, having the, the project reach its completion, um, that's something new to me. And I don't know if that would have been the case if uh, you weren't in my life, bringing all those things to the table. So as much as you, you were kind and recognized that you needed to allow me to kind of figure it out my way, um, you were influencing me in, in your way as well. So would you say I was being a really good coach, like a silent coach, like allowing you to find your own answers? Yes, silent coach. <laughs> like making you feel like you figured it out on your own, but maybe I, <laughs> no. Sure. I, I feel like the best, I'm always trying to be the best coach I can be with clients, mm-hmm. which is not about finding the solutions for them, but mm-hmm. really like gently supporting their container while they mm-hmm. find the answer themselves. Cause it's not, when people hire me as a consultant or mm-hmm. a strategist, they want me to tell them the answers. Yeah. Tell us what's wrong and we'll fix it. Right. But when it's someone's personal life or someone's professional, personal endeavor, their own business, their own album that they're mm. creating, it's not my job to find the answers. It's my job to step aside, but to support and like hold up the scaffolding so that you can find the answers within your yeah. own container. Yeah, it's such a, a touchy thing, isn't it? Because it's like, I, I just speaking for my, myself, like it's just, it's, it's, it's just so sensitive staying on that line of, like, here's what I need to do to get things done. But also, I'm not willing to do this, and I'm not willing to do this to compromise my integrity or artistic vision or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, ah, this person's trying to give me all this advice, and they don't understand what I'm trying to do here, man. Um, <laughs> yes. And to, like, be able to be that helpful, supportive, encouraging presence with without kind of without you know doing anything to extinguish or snuff out the flame of the the creative inspiration or the drive. That's behind the endeavor someone's trying to take on. Yeah. I mean, for me, observing you making this album for the last 14 months Mm -hmm. in this house, in this room that we are sitting in. The shittiest sounding room in Albuquerque. (laughs) Tiniest shittiest sounding room in Albuquerque. You, it's been like separate from my profession. Like there's pieces of my professional life that of course I'm like, oh, if I just ask him this one question in a coachy sort of way, but like you're not like a whole thing with the coaching world is like you can't just coach people without consent people Mm -hmm. need to know that you're doing it and so it's been practice for me to pull back but also Mm -hmm. as your partner in all the ways that i know who you are Mm. and what your like the edges of all of the like all of the sides of you i Mm -hmm. know them so intimately and so it's been this very interesting challenge and sort of game really to figure out how to best support you as your partner and give you the space that you need to just do what you got to do but also as your partner who knows where it's like is this and the coach in me is like is this the part time for me to be like mm-hmm. um yeah. should we like can I pull it like at what point do you need encouragement or mm-hmm. some project management like it's just it's been a whole thing and then to both be in the house all the time for the last Mm. year like just always here (sighs) yeah let's let's talk about that a little bit this is 
this started out as my pandemic album, my quarantine album. I have a note in my Evernote from March 14th, which is interesting. March 14th, 2020, where it's I laid out the concept for the album. It's like two paragraphs. I said, I think I'm going to call it Microorganism. It's just going to be like four tracks, an EP. Um, and that was March 14th, like sort of the beginning of the pandemic and everything was changing. Uh, interestingly... Um, it's uh, it's going to be released on May 14th, 14, mm. which is 14 months later. 14. What is the number 14 all about? I don't know. I thought I just, I, re- I realized that last night. It's like conceived on the 14th, released on the 14th, but 14 months later. Remember we were talking about stuff with sevens last night Yeah, too? that's right. Seven and seven. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I'd like to kind of go back. What what has your experience been? Like I, I, I brought up that note I wrote. We were sitting around the fire on the 14th. That's when I took that picture, which is going to end up being the album cover. Uh, we were doing lots of sitting around the fire outside and, oh my God, what's happening? What's going on in the world? And um world was full of possibilities and now here we are may 14th is right around the corner and the album is going to be released what 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 has that been like what was it like in the beginning and then how have things evolved since then god thinking back to 14 months ago what is today the 10th 11th is today the 11th yeah so today is actually the day 14 months ago that the pandemic became real for us in our house Mm. Like, uh, I was supposed to speak at a conference on the 11th and 12th, and it got delayed, and I was supposed, we were supposed to travel for me, for a work thing for me in southern mm-hmm. New Mexico that got on the 16th. So it was like, this was the very week, 14 months ago, that it started to become real. Yeah. And you said, you know, that, that it felt like there was all kinds of possibility. My experience in our house, in my body, in the beginning of the pandemic was that all the uncertainty really lent to inspiration mm. for me. Yeah. I like not having things be predictable or routinized yeah. or I it's it's important to me that there's a lot of diversity and a lot of change in my in my life and in our house which is why I'm constantly rearranging our living room and mm. like I need change and so there was this like weird surreal looming uncertainty with the onset of the pandemic, but it came hand in hand with a lot of excitement, Mm -hmm. a lot of possibility, like everything we were doing before no longer matters. What, what actually matters now? Mm -hmm. What matters to me? What matters to you? What matters to us as a partnership? What matters in our house? What are the lives that we are living? What are we building? What if we die this year? Like there's so like nothing fucking matters except for what really matters. Mm-hmm. And so when you had the idea of the album, I remember you sharing it. It was like, yes, I loved the mm-hmm. idea of it being spontaneous and just push the thing out, do it in a couple of weeks. I have, I had, I mm-hmm. still don't really know, but I had I'm no so idea what the making of an album mm-hmm. really meant. I still, it's, I, as someone who's literally trademarked the word clarity, mm. my like tagline is helping people move from overwhelm to clarity. Mm. The making of the album went from super exciting, thinking that it was going to be like a three week, four week project to mm. 14 months later. Oh my God. It, it felt 
overwhelming for me mm-hmm. and was very anxiety inducing for me yeah. from the like just the, on a personal level even though it had nothing to do with me really mm-hmm. but it had everything to do with me because it was happening on the other side of our bedroom wall yeah I, and 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 happening to you and it was consuming you in ways that I did not expect because I thought it was going to be a month-long project um I feel like I can sit here now and kind of reflect back on the last 14 months and really like acknowledge how a month turnaround was bullshit, mm-hmm. but it was what you needed to get the ball moving up the mm-hmm. very steep 14 month hill. Yeah. 13 month and two week hill. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you needed the inspiration that you could do it in a month to get it going. Mm-hmm. And because I knew nothing about what it meant to make an album, mm-hmm. it was like, yes, do it. What? Like, do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that it was, answers. It was a little ridiculous to think. Hang on. It was a little ridiculous to think that I, I could have uh, made the album in as quick a turnaround time as I had originally envisioned, um, especially given where I was at back then and my, my ability to record. Like, I hadn't recorded anything in, like, 10 years and just to think that was a lot of hubris just to think that I, I, I could do that and make that happen. Um, and n- now, though, looking in, now that I've gone through that process, I feel like now I could actually make that album <laughs> like if I want And it's not the appropriate time to make that album. But I feel like now that mm-hmm. I've gone through this process, I know what it would take to actually put out an album in a month. Next um, pandemic. Right, right. Let's just get pandemic. through this one. So, yeah, that's interesting. It, it, it came from a time... At that time, I had I had set aside twenty of like my best songs to create like my real album, and I was gonna whittle that down to like whatever the twelve songs turned out the best out of those twenty, and that was the whole plan. And I was gonna begin that like March April, and then this album idea for Microorganism was going to kind of be like whatever is the opposite of my real album. The real album was gonna be like really well produced, and I was gonna take a lot of time with it, and it was going to be. Um, Created in a way that made it attractive for TV, film, and commercial sync licensing, which which means a whole thing, and it's a whole uh, like sound that one would have to go for to make that happen. Um, and so, microorganism was going to be sort of the total opposite approach of that—just quick and dirty. I don't even care if it's any good. But then it turned into, <laughs> I really care if this is good. I re-recorded complete song arrangements like several times because I thought they were shit, and I threw so much stuff out. So. Um, yeah, it's it's that it's that quality of it. it. It reminds me of how this pandemic kind of worked with we were we were told like, you know, in a few weeks, just a few weeks, everything will kind of be back to normal. We can start, you know, go, going out again or whatever, seeing our friends and like a few weeks turned into another few weeks turned into another few weeks. Um, and what what if I had just said, I'm going to start making an album and maybe it'll come out next year. <laughs> I wonder what would have happened. So, I mean, it's it's making me think of the way that I work with clients yeah. in my coaching practice. And like, I have it, like I have a goal setting workshop that I'm like, it's like my signature public offering. My, I, I don't believe, well, so this is going to come off funny. Like I don't believe in setting long-term goals, mm-hmm. which is not totally accurate, but mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we have this vision for the life, like the life we want or the thing we're trying to create or the thing we're trying to produce or make, and bring into the world. But then 
it's super fucking important to break it down into three month chunks yeah. that my mind feels it, it can it can manage 90 days mm-hmm. it's just enough time to actually make real progress but not so much time that it's like man i can push it off a little longer yeah. so it like to say oh i'm gonna make an album and you know it'll take me as long as it's gonna take me would have been the ground for pushing it keep pushing it keep pushing it yeah. granted it did get it kept getting pushed for a variety of different reasons mm-hmm. But you were still holding it close. Like it could happen. Mm-hmm. It could come out soon. Yes. It could come out in a couple of weeks. Right. Which is just the motivation that a human needs to stay connected to the things that matter to them. That's true. Yeah. If it's too big and too far off, it's like, ugh, it's overwhelming. I'll put it off. Mm-hmm. And frankly, like if it doesn't matter a whole, whole lot to you, you're not going to accomplish it anyway. It doesn't matter how short or long the timeline is. You yeah. try to manufacture some level of meaningfulness or urgency. I wonder, though, like you said you were going to put it out in a month or mm-hmm. three weeks. Like that was like a crazy, like yeah. it's so silly in retrospect to think of mm-hmm. it now. Because A, you're not someone who would ever put out music that was just okay. <laughs> like that's not who you are. Yeah. Um, you would have never, oh my God, you would have never. But also I wonder if you had said, I'm going to do this in 90 days. Mm. What the, what if? that would have shifted yeah, anything. Yeah, interesting. Mm. I mean, you also were not equipped to do what you've done. Right. Those days, ninety in 90 days anyway, like you acquired new equipment, this pedal board that's right at my feet is, <laughs> you didn't even have a pedal board yeah, yeah, last I wasn't, March. Yeah, I wasn't into electric guitar at all. Like I had an electric guitar, but it was just like a cheap thing that I could use to plug into the interface and get some sounds. And there's like 14 pedals right yeah, at my feet that I'm trying right. not to step on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're all... Yes, visit, uh, many of which are made by my friend Byron, whose hat I'm wearing, byronamplification.com. Um, you mentioned some of the hardships and struggles that got in the way of, of like, uh, there, there were a few things that kind of came up that ended up sort of pausing the process of making the album. Uh, from your perspective, what, <laughs> what were those things? Let's see. Well, last summer... Mm-hmm. Barrier number one to getting it out. I mean, it was all like once we let go, you let go of the month d- timeline, and yeah. it was like, okay, what were the things? We almost bought a house. Right. <laughs> we were under contract That's in right. June of last year. We would have closed in July. Thank mm. God we didn't buy that stupid house. Um, but we were like, because we were so adamant about getting out of this tiny little house, it was like, let's just do it. Mm. Well, this will make our lives better. And but meanwhile, it created a it, like it pushed the brakes on the production of the album because mm-hmm. we were busy looking we looked at like 50 houses last june yeah. um so that was number one mm-hmm. which also opened up a bunch of stress for us in a lot of ways like is this even what we really want like we're right. creating you know something different in our lives now in terms of living like that was not it, it just it, it was it stirred up a lot of questions and so that was number one um then what? What happened in the fall? There was, um, well, for me in the in the summer, summer fall, there was also the return of uh, the day job stuff and having to finish oh. writing a, a book for somebody. Your, day, uh, your <laughs> so, terrible day job. Um, yeah. And so I, what I've noticed about me is it's really hard to be focused on one, more than one thing <laughs> at a time. So if I've got a day job responsibility, which is I had to write a, a 50,000 word actual book for a client 
uh, who was going to put it out under their name. Um, and naturally, I, I basically waited to do all the heavy lifting for that project until the very last minute because I was working on an album. I can't be bothered with this writing a book for some weirdo in Florida. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that 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 was a thing, and that that took all my focus and energy. And I hate my day job so much. That process of writing and like having to sit in a chair and write for hours on end, days on end. What was what was that time like for you when I was deep into the process of finishing that that book, that day job thing? I feel like both of us were just like, oh, like groaning <laughs> yeah. and grunting yes. and uncomfortable in our bodies. It's hard to be around you when you're very uncomfortable mm. and stressed out. Yeah. And so like the coach in me, the partner in me, the person who loves you more than anyone in the whole wide world mm-hmm. in me, like wants to find all the ways to support you, but it's also really hard when things are hard. Yes. So I, I, that's right. The fall was was challenging. The early mm-hmm. part of the fall, like September-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like November, it like kind of October, November, there was like mm-hmm. a little burst of Definitely. inspiration in the house again. Yeah. And like what we were talking about last night, the, 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 how it coincided, like the energy spurts, the inspiration, yes. the productivity for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. spurts in the house, both on both our part, they were happening in tandem. Yeah. Like in March, April, when you were inspired to create the album, I completely and totally like relaunched a group coaching program, but not through the lens of like, I'm going to start this group mm. coaching program and do this thing for my business. It was like, it was a like, Give no fucks. Nothing matters. Only what matters matters. I need community. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to relaunch this thing. And you're like, I'm going to create an album in a month. And so we were both like, like a surge in the early spring, early pandemic days. Then it started to wane. Then it was like, when your day job kicked back in in September, August, September. But then October, November, like I was all ramp, I was ramping up for the like launch of a new edition of the journal that Mm -hmm. I, you know, Clarity Pages and celebrating the second anniversary of my business. I had all these community conversations scheduled and you were like, there was like another surge for you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I, I think we were talking about last night, like which came first, my inspiration or yours, yeah. or we're feeding off of each other's. Mm-hmm. And then the holiday, and then God, and we were thinking about, there was more moving stuff in the, <laughs> there was right. all kinds of things about yeah. moving out of this house was happening then too. So there was a lot of motivation mm-hmm. to make that happen, which didn't happen. Right. Um, yeah, gosh, last year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, in the fall, that was a big, that was a big push. That was, um, I got a lot of like the tracking done, like just the recording of the parts done during that time, recording all the hand claps and finger snaps and like the, the salt shaker and like all the household items I use as percussion, all that got done during that time. Uh, in the summer and in fall was also kind of when when I realized I wanted to make the album a little a little bigger, a little more expansive. And then I realized the streaming services technically consider an album seven songs or thirty minutes of music. Um, and so in the fall, um, I actually asked you to contribute to the album. <laughs> no, you asked me earlier. Earlier, you asked me in spring. Okay. So that's when I had that idea. I think I was... Or maybe I was... You were going to... Because what's the difference uh-huh. between five and seven tracks on an album? Well, it's if five tracks, it won't be considered an album. It's called an EP. And so on the streaming services, it's not listed like right at the top. It's like a lesser kind of category of a music release in, in a way. 
Well, so, so I you, wanted to make it bigger, add add more songs, and or make the total length longer. The, yeah, there were, it, it, maybe it was once you realized in April that it wasn't going to happen in a month, but you yeah, actually invited okay. me into the process with you in my own way to contribute to the album, to Microorganism. Mm-hmm. Early on, I can remember in the early days of pandemic, COVID life, mm-hmm. April sitting on the bank of the river by myself, mm. writing the pieces that I contributed early wow. on. I wrote those in okay. April and maybe early May. I see. <laughs> okay. It was, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. The, the idea was, well, I had, I identified like four songs at first, and then that became five songs that I had already written that I decided I was going to put on this, on this EP or album called Microorganism. Then I realized if I add two more pieces of music, that's seven songs and I can call it an album. I'll just like record some like improvised guitar parts to like open and close the album and that will fulfill the obligation of having seven songs. Uh, but then I thought, well, no, what, what if I just make up like a piece of spoken word or something and I'll talk over it? No, what if I have Annie talk over it? And so I gave you a, a couple parameters, a couple guidelines, just kind of loose general guidelines, and I asked you to write two pieces, uh, and they uh, they had to start with the word everybody. That was the only parameter you gave me. That was it? It wasn't there? I, I said mm-hmm. one is light, one is dark. Oh, yeah. You said yes, right? And I got to interpret that however yes. I wanted, but I had complete creative freedom to write my own pieces. Light, one, yes, one being light, mm-hmm. One being dark and starting with the word everybody. Yeah. And I I remember taking... The first one came to me pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, and, I, and it was definitely fueled by that early mm-hmm. energy of, of the pandemic and the uncertainty and nothing fucking matters, only what matters mm-hmm. matters. I remember the words coming onto the page really... Mm. Easily for me, I have my my notebook. Um, it was like the notebook I was using for everything, for client calls, morning pages, journaling, mm-hmm. and also lyric writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say that was in like early April. And wow. it felt really, it came really naturally. And I, it's interesting to, I'm not, I can't quite remember in this moment if that first one actually ended up as the light piece or the dark piece and where it ended up on the album. It'll be interesting to go back and look. I think I wrote it thinking that very first piece was the dark piece and that it would, and I didn't know where you were going to place it, but I thought Mm. maybe it's, maybe it's the second piece. Maybe it's the closing track on the album. And then when I endeavored to write the lighter piece, you know, whatever lighter was going to be interpreted for me, it was like, I was, I was writing it from a place of possibility mm-hmm. versus like, man, nothing matters, but actually only what really matters matters. Um, the lightness was like, only what matters matters. And there's mm. so much possibility before us. Mm. It was, I was fueled by still pandemic and the uncertainty of everything around us. And mm-hmm. so many of our people have lost people. Thankfully, yeah. we haven't. But like mm-hmm. a lot of people I know have lost people. And it was all of that was was informing the writing. Um, but I was at the same time super inspired by what we were doing and what yeah. we are doing. Mm-hmm. And so it felt... it That one felt easy to write too, but it came later. Mm-hmm. I needed to be writing from a place of lightness. And I, yeah. it took a, a little while to get there. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And so you, you had written those and we didn't actually get those recorded until, what was it, October? 
November. We no, we did it on really? for election. We did early voting. It was oh no, yeah, I guess it would have been late okay. late October. We did it the day we went and voted. <laughs> wow. And then we came home in this studio, uh-huh. but over on that side of the room, mm-hmm. and recorded my two pieces. That's right. Okay. And I want to get into those more later, but I want to um, not not stray too far from the kind of the timeline stuff. Um, so that that was like, well, spring, summer, fall, and then you recorded your parts, mm-hmm. and then we kind of had the holiday season and sort of the the turn of the end of twenty twenty and the beginning of twenty one twenty twenty one, and. Um, there was sort of another setback for for, for me and, and for us oh, around God. around that time with all the the family stuff. I've yeah. I've written about this before. Um, it's I, I wrote a blog post called "Dear Little Matt," which you can find on mattcollick.com, which uh, created uh, some ripples and a rift uh, in my family between me and them, and I I ended up being confronted with a lot of childhood trauma coming back up and re-experiencing a lot of uh, childhood trauma. And boy, it was a a rough time. And so um, it was really hard to make and try to put out an album at that time too. Um, And that was, it's been a a major, major experience and like it will forever be tied to, for me, the the creation of of this album. Like this Mm -hmm. is is a thing that happened during that time. And I don't know if we're ever going to, um, recover from this um, and I'm like just kind of trying to learn how to accept that what is what what's this all been like for you being my partner in the midst of all this trying to make an album and then I mean all this stuff happens with my my family what what are your thoughts <sighs> um yeah I mean this year so that the things that have gone down with your family, it's been all in the in 2021, mm-hmm. started in January. Mm-hmm. Here we are in May, five months later, which is very hard to wrap my mind around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been fucking hard. Mm-hmm. It's been, there's been a lot of sadness mm-hmm. in our house, a lot of sadness in my body. I'm feeling it even right now as I'm mm-hmm. reflecting on it. Um, like I was saying before, it's part of my work as your partner in all of the ways that you are, com- you know, complex and beautifully Matt. Mm. My my role, my job, my like privilege as your partner is to continue to push against my edges to allow you to be all mm. of the ways that you are you and what makes me want to spend my life with you. Mm-hmm. And... As your family has essentially disowned you mm-hmm. in the middle of a pandemic, at the apex of your like reliving your childhood trauma, at, at the point in your 44-year-old life where you've been trying to like move past some of the deepest, hardest, most painful parts of your lived experience, and as someone who often works with people who are going through really traumatic things. It's been, I mean, hard is to say the least. It's been, it's been both a, like a sacred mm-hmm. and just, I don't even know what the word is. It's mm-hmm. like this like really, really tender, very fragile, sacred container mm-hmm. of emotion, of feeling, of 
and of healing mm. in this house. And I, it's, it's interesting to think of it happening over the last five months because it still feels very acute mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And I've seen the progress that you've made in a really short time, really, when all is said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, like this may be something that never get, I mean, there's no way to ever pull apart what's been going on with your family, with you and your family, from the making of microorganism, from the experience of surviving a pandemic, mm-hmm. from the experience of just us in this house together in all of the ways that we are super different yeah. and that we're both in this house all the fucking time. Like there's so, it's just been like, <sighs> like mm. thousands and thousands of pounds of bricks have been piled and piled and piled and piled. And I can truly say, like we're even just reflecting over the last five months mm-hmm. that the bricks have slowly been coming off. There is a lightness mm-hmm. in our house. There is possibility. Mm-hmm. There has been healing. Yes. Both with what you're experiencing with your family. Mm-hmm. But in all the ways that that's also stirred stuff up between us as a couple. Mm, yeah. Um, and I think it has absolutely fueled the, the heart of what microorganism has ultimately become. Mm. Yes. I think that's all true. Thank you, baby. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. It's, I, I appreciate you off- offering that perspective on, on things because it's like such a... again like the whole idea i'm gonna shit this out in a month and it's just gonna be fast and um and then just again like illustrating just how ridiculous that thought is the the fact that no you're gonna actually relive childhood trauma and uh have an experience that effectively estranges you from your family um yeah stuff like that so yeah Mm -hmm. that's been a thing that's that's part of what what made this album the way it is i think there's um there's so much sadness, but also like, I just have so much anger and and, like rage in me. Um, and thank goodness I have music as a, like an appropriate venue to express (laughs) those sorts of feelings. Um, and I think it's hard to identify how that may have come out on the album and how it may have influenced what the album eventually became, but I feel like it's definitely, darker and edgier than it probably would have been otherwise because of mm-hmm. these experiences that we're, we're talking about with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so you had already recorded all the tracks prior to what went down with your fam, right? Uh, there were uh, a couple vocal parts and a couple guitar parts. Um, yeah, it, it had already been like recorded. But ultimately the way you mixed it was right. informed by the darkness, the exactly. rage, the anger. Like, what did I want to highlight? What did I want to push farther into the background? Like, there were a lot of decisions made and creative decisions made in that process that were really based on the headspace I was in at that time, which was, like, not not a happy place. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. I want to... Um, is there anything else, but I want to get more specifically into the two uh, songs that, that you co-wrote with me, the two tracks, the two spoken word pieces from the album. Is there anything else that you wanted to say about just this process, about being my partner, uh, this time in this space, and all that, now that microorganism is coming out in just a few days? I was telling somebody this morning, um, I was on the phone earlier, and... I mean, I, 
I've said this to you, but I want it like on record mm -hmm. that, I mean, I, like I said before, your level of your attention to detail, your precision with music, your eye for detail is what, of course, has made you an amazing writer and why so many people have wanted you to write their books for them. Mm. Like that level of care and attention to detail that mm -hmm. you bring is, I, I love that. Mm. I love that. And I'm, I, I mean, I grew up in a house, a music house. That's right. My dad has played the, um, oh, oh somebody's calling. No. Um, my dad, as you know, plays the guitar. He's mm -hmm. a trained luthier. He has, I grew up in a music house. Like I've never known a house Saturdays were spent riding bikes in the cul-de-sac of our neighborhood and having music. My dad practicing was coming from our house, coming through our door. And so I knew that, um, I knew that your attention to detail was exceptional mm -hmm. and that you are an exceptional musician. Your your guitar capabilities. I remember hearing you play the guitar for the very first time five years ago and being like, oh my God. Like this is not just a guy who knows how to play the guitar. This is this is different. And then when you started writing music, writing songs, two or three years ago, it was like, oh my God, my dad's not a songwriter. So it's like, this is a whole other, like, are these as good as I think they are? I don't really know, but they seem really good. And so then to watch you just go through all of the things that you've had to go through to get this album into the world... I knew that all of the care, all of the attention, all of mm -hmm. the fine detail that you bring to so much in mm -hmm. your life was, I knew it was going to come through. And I am completely blown away. Mm. It is overwhelmingly, like, it's like, I don't even know how to say that it exceeded my expectations because they were high already. Mm. And I knew that you weren't going to just do a messy version. Mm. But it is, it's it's an amazing, it's, the album is incredible. Mm. The music is fucking good. Mm. And I am just, I am so, so, so proud of you. Mm. And I am humbled I, I, that I've gotten the opportunity to witness the creative process, mm. to be so close to it, to see how something like this gets made, mm -hmm. to see how you as a person who makes music and has completely taken what you do to another level, to mm. see it come to fruition is just mind-blowing. Mm. This is like world-class shit. Mm. Thank you, baby. <laughs> that really means a lot. I, It's so nice to have a supportive partner to reinforce those things because if I'm just by myself, like there's just so much doubt and loss of confidence that can creep in that stands in the way of these sorts of things getting done. So thank you, baby. Yes. Well, thank and so it's much. important that people know that I'm not saying it just because I love you and mm -hmm. I am like would love anything you make. Like this is objectively outstanding. Mm -hmm. Thank you, baby. <laughs>
I think uh, we were talking last night. I mentioned this feels like a culmination of phase, kind of phase one of me getting back into music and starting my music career over. It began in early 2018 when, uh, shout out to our friend Erin Armstrong, uh, she was she decided she wanted to get really good at baking pies. And so she told us she was going to set a goal of baking two pies a month. I had already decided I was going to start writing songs more seriously, but I didn't have any numbers attached to it or any goals. So I thought two songs a month, two pies a month, two songs a month. Yeah, (laughs) I can do that. It actually turned out to be sort of the perfect rate for me to like work on songs. I ended up with basically 24 new songs that year. Um, And so that was 2018. And there's been, sort of the playing out in breweries and going to open mics and sort of the disappointments and everything associated with that. Um, and now, you know, we've had the pandemic. I haven't played live in a year, but I just made an album and now it's it's going to be coming out. And it feels like end of chapter one, beginning of chapter two, kind of the culmination of that first phase. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about and just kind of just briefly touch on what we were getting at last night in terms of what we want to do with the album going forward in terms of what it means to kind of level up, take my career to the next level, take us to the next level. Uh, We've got a bunch of things planned for us as a couple. um, But coinciding with that is some stuff that is big stuff for me as, as a, as an artist, as a musician, as somebody who's like doing this as, as, as for a living. Um, so I'm also always really resentful of sort of the best practices around music releasing and like all the things you're quote unquote supposed to do to get your album out there and promote it and market it because everybody, everybody's doing the exact same things and nobody cares. The album is released and the next day nobody gives a shit. So this, yes, we are doing podcasts this week and a little bit of promotion in the album release week, but it's really about giving it legs and extending it beyond this. And I want to sell some albums. I want to get it in people's ears. And it requires money uh, for a music career to happen. And it requires money for the management of a music career to happen. And so the next level for us, and for me and my career and us as in terms of how we move forward as a couple and navigate this career together, it's really about I don't have a manager, so how can we manage the career now? What are the ideas that are going to get us to the next level? So we have an idea now for a campaign to sell 700 copies of Microorganism at a cost of $7, which is the price it will be available for on Bandcamp, um, on my website, mattcollick.com, and on um, Apple Music or the iTunes Store. It'll be $6.99 there. So if I can sell 700 copies at $7, that gets us really close to $5,000, which is a good sum of money to uh, go into the next set of endeavors here. Uh, what are your, what is your perspective on this next phase and, and what, what, what it's all about and what we're trying to do? <laughs> it's the perfect phase for me to put my skills and gifts into yes. action. I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right, we need a campaign. We need a marketing plan. We need a, we need a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. We definitely need a spreadsheet. But I mean, it's also like hearing you say it out loud. I mean, we were literally having the conversation last night. Okay, you're selling the album. Yes, Mm -hmm. of course, people can stream it for free on Spotify. They can stream it for free on Apple Music or whatever. But I firmly believe that we should all be paid for our gifts and talents. Mm -hmm. There is something to be said for having free access, no barrier to entry to the things that we do. We want Mm -hmm. our people to experience us, which is why you've put things on YouTube. You've got your blog. You've got Mm -hmm. this podcast. You are constantly doing Instagram lives. People can experience your music. 
in all the ways that I put stuff out for free, like free this, free that, free calls, come to this free workshop. But it's like what we do, like we were, you were born to make music. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, mijo, that's nice. Like go do that. You know, you could play music yeah. in your side time. Go get a job, you know, mm-hmm. put a suit and tie on. Fuck that. You are meant to make music. The world is a better place because of this album. I cannot wait for people to hear it. And it is so goddamn good that it <laughs> does. I mean, mm. I wanted you to sell it for $20, but it's like, I guess nobody pays $20 for music anymore unless you're going to a show or whatever. Right. But it's like for you to make, to sell this piece of art for $7. Mm-hmm. It's not just a way to get the music in the ears of more people, which I want. People need to hear this album. It's so good. Mm. But beside that, separate from that, you deserve to be paid for your art. And Mm. how we define the value of our art, the value of our offerings to the world. This afternoon, I'm doing a get your money in order mindset workshop with the Women of Color Culture Club, like we're t- constantly talking about money and the value of money and the value of ourselves and how we mm-hmm. name the value. It, it's all so fucking confusing. And yeah. they charge this. Can I charge that? I feel it's like you could be ma- like, you could be making so much. You should be making so mm-hmm. much money off this album. And yeah, it's okay to want to make money. Mm-hmm. $5,000 for 700 copies, digital copies of this album. Mm-hmm. It's number one, it's an opportunity for you to see that what you do is worth it. Yeah. Number two, it's an opportunity to get your music in more people's ears because the world mm. needs your music in their ears. Number three, $5,000 is not that much money, but it's also meaningful. Mm-hmm. Like that has a meaningful impact on you as a musician, mm-hmm. on you taking music, Matt, at, like seriously as a business, mm-hmm. us as a couple and our lives, like we could yeah. do something with $5,000. Yes. Obviously, part of that stays in the business because you are now operating a business. Like it's, mm-hmm. I don't, I want more artists and creatives. I've done a lot of workshops for creatives, for creative entrepreneurs, for mm-hmm. painters, for illustrators, for musicians. Like in the Albuquerque scene, I've led multiple mindset workshops for because there's so much energy being poured into the creative mm-hmm. scene in New Mexico, in Albuquerque. And so many art, I mean, this is true everywhere, but artists, creatives, however you define yourself, mm-hmm. however you identify, have s- tend, this is a generalized statement, but tend to bump up against pricing the creative offering. Like, okay, I was born to make music. I was born to be a painter. How can I charge for that? And it's like, you just do Mm -hmm. because it fucking matters. And really the world would be a better place if you never wrote another book about whatever bullshit you were writing about before for other people. And if you wrote music every single day for the rest of your life, Mm -hmm. the world you leave behind will be richer and more beautiful as a result. And so I hope that you sell 
more than 700 copies at $7. I hope you sell 7,000 copies mm-hmm. at $7. I want people to give you money for your art because it is worth it because you are a demonst- you're not just another white dude with a guitar who's like and not not nothing's wrong with the white dudes with guitar fine you know it's all good and fine it's a thing people but enjoy that you are a white dude with a guitar who has experienced extreme levels of trauma throughout your life you have mental health struggles that like the only way for you to be in your joy and the best ver- the best mat you can be is when you're writing and making music. The world is a better place with you writing and making music and you not being forced into a box that you were never meant to fit in and Mm -hmm. contort into. And so it's less about selling the copies of the albums, but you being valued, your music being compensated. It's okay to want to make money for what we are good at. We need to normalize asking for what we're worth. And you're worth so much more than fucking $7. Give me a fucking break. This thing took 14 months to make on top of a pandemic, on top of an estrangement and disown ownership from your family. Like there's so much that's gone into this, the making of microorganism. I want, I want it to feel overwhelmingly successful. No, not just in your heart, but also Mm -hmm. in your bank account because you deserve it. Mm hmm. Yes, thank you, baby. These are, everything you're saying is sort of stuff I've instinctually thought about what why I'm here, what I'm here to do, what what it's what it's all about, and um, but I've never had another person in my life kind of reinforce uh, those things. My phone died, mm. so that's why I'm not doing Instagram Live anymore. Um, yeah, so thank you for that, and we'll, and we'll be talking more about that uh, later. Um, just to, we just wanted to te- tease tease that whole campaign for listeners of the Matt Collick Show podcast. Um, so that's very exciting. I want to get into more specifically the tracks you contributed, the songs you contributed to the album. There are two songs, two tracks, two spoken word pieces. Um, track one is called "Everybody Needs to Dot Dot Dot." Track seven, uh, which I'll, I'll probably put this part of the conversation on a subsequent episode, is called Everybody Ascends. Is everything going okay over there? I was kicked off Instagram Live because I oh, was no. sharing in yours. Oh, no. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. So can you um, – I have – do you want to see the words you wrote down? Oh, God. For here – this is track one. Everybody needs to. Am I reciting them? You don't have to recite them. I just want you to look at them and – I don't know. What's – Everybody what can you tell me about what those words mean? They make me want to cry. Oh, baby. To be seen. Mm-hmm. To feel love, joy, and pain. Mm. They're still very relevant. Yeah. Maybe more so than ever. Mm-hmm. Pain reminds um. us of our humanness. <laughs> what love Annie from a year ago are. didn't what even know what she was writing for. That we mm. are alive. We are alive. Yeah. Well, I, like these words still, they, no they land on me in, a, in as I impactful and meaningful of way as they were intended when I wrote them. No and it's making me wish my performance were better. <laughs> oh, geez. Your performance is perfect. Your performance is perfect. I'll probably put the, the song underneath we this um, so people can kind of hear as you're as we're talking about it. Okay. Yeah. <gasps> when I asked you to, when we recorded it, you um, you weren't even listening to the track I recorded. I I was I was barely even 
started on, on that track. So you just like stuck headphones on, got in we front of the microphone and, and read it. And then <laughs> now many months later, I, I took those performances. What I had you do like four or five takes probably. At least. God, that was seven months ago. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, and then recently I, I put all those words together. It's I'm excited personally to re-experience, re-experience those words with, with some distance from the project because I've just been mixing and listening and kind of chopping up your phrases and, and putting them in different places to the point where I've kind of lost touch with the meaning of what you're trying to say. Um, yeah, it, it's beautiful. I, I love what you came up with. Again, um, I just gave you some very broad guidelines and then you, you came up with this piece, which is like it adds, I feel like it adds so much dimension. It's it's so much different from the, the lyrical content I'm writing, the words I, I wrote for the album. Um, her belly growls, her heart aches. You need no more than her. I am her, I am you. Um, like that's that's beautiful that's the kind of shit that's exactly the kind of shit I want on a Matt Colic album that, that kind of language that kind of that kind of vision um, so yes I, I'm, I'm excited to re-experience those words and, and their actual meaning again it's it, I've been so deep into those words in a certain way that they've kind of lost the meaning and I'm Wow, to hand you the iPad with with these words on it and to to see the emotion coming out of you, it's like what a privilege to have that be on on this album. Um, what do you remember uh, now that you're looking at this? Was this intended to be the dark or the light one? Do you think? I think that was intended to be the dark. Really? Okay. It ended up being the one with the light one because it's going over the track that's like 120 beats per minute, a little peppier, more sort of major key. Um, <laughs> and it's like, it's, uh, got some fun slide guitar parts on it and it's, it's a little more fun and whimsical sounding track. And yet these are the words that, that contrast with it. I think it's just a really interesting set of stuff for listeners to be exposed to that would not have happened otherwise if I had just decided to do my own dumb spoken word thing. Mm. Um, yeah. And any other thoughts on everybody needs to on, on these words and where you were at when you wrote them and and you've actually heard the finished version of the album basically um your voice like everybody thinks their voice doesn't sound as good as they would like when they hear it recorded you're now a recording artist um the track is these tracks are coming out and they say everybody needs to featuring annie sanchez that's so weird (laughs) (laughs) so weird um, did you ever think you would be on an album or be a recording artist? No, I did not. Mm. I did not. Um, I mean, it just, it all just feels like, I mean, of course, the name of the album is also just so mm. apropos. You know, here we are still in the COVID-19 pandemic. It's middle of May, 2021. I wrote those words early days of the pandemic, mm-hmm. I think probably early April, 2020. Yeah. And it's like, we are a microorganism. Mm-hmm. My belly growls, your belly growls. Like we are, I'm, I think I'm struck by the emotion of just our deep, deep interrelatedness Yeah, that I was feeling deeply when I wrote it. That's right. And, it, and in a whole new way or a deeper way, even now, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it was, it really, it was perfect. Like the timing of it, if I had asked you to write it a little before or a little after that time, it wouldn't have turned out to be the, the thing it ended up being. So yeah, Th- thank you for that, baby. Do you want to do more of these types of things? <laughs> I don't, maybe. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it, it forces me to use a different part of my brain, mm. not just the writing, but the mm-hmm. performance of it, which is why I'm personally disappointed with my mm. offerings to the album because the album is so good. And like, you made it good. You made my stuff sound good. But I'm like, God, if I were to do it differently, mm-hmm. how would I do it differently if I were recording now? Mm. Something that I have always struggled with is like, feeling stupid or feeling embarrassed, mm. like, which is part of why I'm not fluent in Spanish all these years. It's like, I never want to say the wrong thing. And it's like, that's how you learn. That's how you do things. You have to stumble yeah. and get back up and stumble and get back up, which mm-hmm. the making of this album is the perfect little snapshot into stumbling and getting back up and continuing mm-hmm. to push it until the end. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think the idea of doing something like this again is is exciting and a little scary because I would have to, ch- I would want to challenge myself to do it differently, to find the parts of me that have never mm-hmm. seen the light of day before. Mm-hmm. I'd like them to. Ah, it's scary to think about, but I'd like to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were talking last night about the possibility of performing these pieces live. Would that ever happen? <laughs> would you be interested in doing that? Oh my god. I think I would, which is also weird to say out loud because mm-hmm. I'm really even though I do all the things that I do professionally, I'm mm-hmm. like I'm often on Instagram live, I've been on the mm-hmm. radio, I've been on TV, I'm lead workshops, I facilitate mm-hmm. groups. I actually get a lot of stage fright. Mm. Um the way that you stand up and perform is like a nightmare for me. <laughs> But it's, I think it's those growth edges, mm. you know, it comes naturally to you, you're Leo rising. That's right. It's not natural to me, but I obviously have something in me because I'm able to get up and facilitate groups and workshops and mm. conferences and stuff. But yeah, I, so long, long answer is I would do it again. I would do it. I would do it live and it would be mm-hmm. an exciting way of pushing me into... Yeah my growth edges i love that idea i love the idea of doing like a performance of the the whole album microorganism track one through track seven and you you're out on stage for tracks one and seven then you can go through tracks two through five or six rather and like have bubbly waters and hang out (laughs) (laughs) yes okay anything else you want to say about track one on the album or is that no, yeah. that's, that's okay. good. Um, I'm going to have you back uh, to talk about Everybody uh, Everybody Ascends in, in just a moment. Where can people find Annie Sanchez? Online or wherever else? I mean, my website directs to all the places, mariposastrategies.com or mm-hmm. anniesanchez.co. On Instagram, at mariposastrategies, at Clarity Pages. But mm-hmm. going to my website, anniesanchez.co or mariposastrategies.com, directs you to all the places. Wonderful. My baby is a real, real sweetheart. She's a real sweet sweetie, <laughs> as you can hear. And she does, she really does amazing work. Definitely check out her website. Sign up for her, her email list and, um, uh, and, and, and check out all, all the shit she's doing. Like, I can't, I can't believe this person is my partner. Um, thank you, Annie Sanchez. You'll, you'll be back in, 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 um, in, the ne- in a couple of episodes for um, 
to talk about Everybody Ascends. This is episode 20 of the podcast, by the way, which is another momentous occasion, something to celebrate. It's not just that I have an album coming out in a few days, it's I have 20 episodes of a podcast now, so... Thank you for encouraging me to do a podcast and for being the guest here on episode 20. We did it. You did it. <laughs> I mean, you have such a good voice. Oh, and you, you have all, all the ways that you are beautifully, weirdly, uniquely you. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, something I've said our whole relationship is like, I want people to see the you that I see. <laughs> Because you turn all weird when we're around people. Yeah, And it's like, down. if you could just speak freely off the cuff and just talk about whatever's on your mind, whatever. It's like like this. In a con I mean, the fact that you're interviewing me, that we're having this conversation is even mm -hmm. different. For you to do the podcast yeah. was such a great way for you to just express yourself and for people to get a sense of who you are, mm -hmm. the sides of you that I get to see. Um and so congratulations. Wow. 20 episodes is huge. It is a commitment. I mean, it's a it's a demonstration of your commitment to all of the things that are that are you. You have a voice that needs to be shared. Mm -hmm. Thank you, baby. I'm excited to have you back. <laughs> we'll have you back soon to talk in episode 22 to talk about Everybody Ascends. And then I'd, I'd like to have you back another time just to have a proper Matt Collick show interview. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll be right back, friends. Um, hey, wow, holy shit, you're still here. You're still here. I love you so much. It's been like two plus hours of the Matt Collick show. Ah, oh, wow. Thank you so much for for checking this out. This has been part one of the oral history of the making of microorganism. It's microorganism release week. Oh, I'm so I'm feeling so good, so excited, so glad to have you here. Um, friends. Episode 20 of the podcast. It's Wow. I, I feel so good to have done that. So glad that you have joined me the, the, this whole way. Um, so happy to be in partnership with the wonderful, brilliant, amazing, lovely Annie Sanchez. Um, and I hope you fell in love with her just a little bit too. <laughs> just now. I know you did. I know you did. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. The, the next couple episodes, uh, we're, I'm going to be doing more of the same. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, check out the website, mattcollick.com. Sign up for the email list. Check out the Patreon. Uh, like I always say, I will be posting shit over there soon. Uh, who knows if I actually will. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. There is stuff over there. And uh, I need to come up with some behind the scenes, some cool shit for people on Patreon that uh, goes, a little, it goes a little deeper behind the making of the album. Um, remember the seven for 700, the seven for 700 plan that Annie and I talked about. We're going to get into that uh, a little more in the coming weeks. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, uh, pre-order the album on Bandcamp. I believe it's mattcollick.bandcamp.com. Um, it's available for pre-order now. You can actually download and stream the track, uh, track, tr track three from the album, uh, giving the game away. Uh, one of the first songs, as I mentioned, to really come together nicely uh, in those early days of making the album. Um, yeah, it's just $7. 
Um, if you want to pay me more, you can. Uh, but it's just $7. That's fucking awesome if you give me $7 for the album. I really appreciate it. Um, actually, I've made like about a dozen sales already. Uh, it might be just 10. It's nice to say a dozen, though. Um, uh, and including previous guests of the podcast, Jason and Melissa Katinger of Mary Dean. Thank you. Thank you so much, you guys. I love you so much. Um, our new car actually has a fucking CD player. We're going to play your CD all the time, um, which is great. You guys have to listen to uh, uh, listeners of the Matt Collick Show. Need to be fans of Mary Dean, uh, marydeanmusic.com. Um, thank you for buying the album. You guys, listeners of the show, can pre-order the album, too. Um, it comes out Friday, May 14th, 2021. Seven tracks. It's my quarantine album. It's my pandemic album. It was produced in collaboration with my sweetie, Annie Sanchez. Um, it's the culmination of uh, like three years of like becoming a serious musician again and a songwriter and a recording artist again. It's the culmination of a journey that brought me up from the depths. And uh, I'm excited to be where I'm at. I'm excited you're, you're with me. Um, you, you can pre-save on Spotify, too. Um, that's, a, that's a thing. You can find the link out there. I, I bet I put it in the, uh, in the description or whatever of this podcast. Uh, I love you so much. Uh, stay tuned. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop, drop more episodes. I'm going to talk about this stuff more. I'll, uh, I'll see you next time. You guys, I love you so much. Shine on. Shine on.